You are listening to Historically, a show where we decolonize history and debunk myths and misinformation taught to you in school and on corporate media. I'm your host, Isha. Today, we have Marjorie Cohn, the former president of the National Lawyers Guild and a member of the Defend Assange legal team here to talk to us about Julian Assange. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. And I know it's two nights before Christmas, so we really appreciate it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2019, UK started an extradition process against Julian Assange, right? Yes, they actually, it was the Trump administration that started an extradition request, made an extradition request to the UK to extradite Julian Assange to the United States to stand trial on an indictment. And he is charged under the Espionage Act with crimes that could garner him 175 years in prison. Forgive me if I get a little too technical, but since Julian Assange has never set foot into the US, with regards to WikiLeaks at least, or how is it that the US has any jurisdiction to charge him with anything? Well, they really don't. And that is one of the things that would be litigated if Julian Assange is extradited to the United States for trial. So why is UK cooperating? What's going on? Well, the UK is one of the closest allies of the United States. And in fact, when Julian Assange was under a grant of asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for seven years, the UK threatened to arrest him and send him to Sweden, where they were investigating spurious sexual assault charges, which have since been discredited and the complaining witnesses changed their stories. He was never charged with anything there. But the fear was always that he would ultimately be extradited to the United States. And that was during the Obama administration. But the Obama administration, for reasons we can discuss, never did file charges against Julian Assange. So while Julian Assange was in the Ecuadorian embassy, he had some very serious health problems, including um, pulmonary problems and other issues that needed hospitalization and medical attention, and yet the UK government refused to allow him to leave the Ecuadorian embassy without arresting him. So the UK government has been really working hand in glove with the US government, understandably, since they're close allies, <laughs> and uh, they certainly work together committing war crimes uh, during the Iraq war, um, which is which is much of what Julian Assange and WikiLeaks actually revealed, and which is why he is facing uh, an, an indictment now for revealing war crimes. Okay, so I guess for me, my first experience with WikiLeaks was the collateral murder video where you see a helicopter gunning down a family in a truck or a van. So it seems like the list is too numerous of what kind of war crimes, but have any of the people who have committed these war crimes been charged at all with anything? Um, from the collateral murder video? No, not to my knowledge. This was 
a video. It's perhaps the most notorious revelation that WikiLeaks made during this period of 2010 to 2011. And it depicts a U.S. Army Apache helicopter target and fire on unarmed civilians in Baghdad. At least 18 civilians were killed, including two Reuters reporters and a man who came to rescue the wounded. Two children were injured, and then a U.S. Army tank drove over one of the bodies, (gasps) cutting it in half. So there we have three separate war crimes under the Geneva Conventions. Also, other revelations that WikiLeaks made of war crimes were regarding, first of all, the Afghan war logs, which contained 90,000 reports about the war in Afghanistan and documented a greater number of civilian casualties by coalition forces than the U.S. military had reported. And in addition, WikiLeaks published nearly 400,000 field reports about the Iraq war, more than 15,000 unreported deaths of Iraqi civilians, and the systematic murder, torture, and rape by the Iraqi army and authorities that were ignored by U.S. forces. And also, WikiLeaks published the Guantanamo files, 779 secret reports constituting evidence of the U.S. government's abuse of about 800 men and boys aged 14 to 89, and that abuse and torture violated both the Geneva Conventions and the Convention Against Torture and other cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment, both treaties the U.S. has ratified, making them part of U.S. law under the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution. And might I add to our listeners, last year we did an interview with Brandon Neely, who was a guard at Guantanamo Bay. So check out that episode if you want to learn more about the abuses. On top of that, I've actually went to WikiLeaks to author this article about how the U.S. tried to assassinate Evo Morales in Bolivia. So there's the cable leaks too, which reveals so many assassination attempts, coups, whatnot. Um, So is it that the government is more upset at people revealing their guilt rather than any doctrine of national security? Um, Yes, you actually hit it on the nose. During the Obama administration, more whistleblowers were prosecuted than all prior presidents combined, including under the Espionage Act. But the Obama administration did not file criminal charges against Julian Assange for fear of setting a dangerous precedent. No media outlet or journalist has ever been prosecuted under the Espionage Act for publishing truthful information, which is protected by the First Amendment. Journalists are permitted to publish material that was illegally obtained by a third person if it's a matter of public concern. And the U.S. government has never prosecuted a journalist or newspaper for publishing classified information, which is an essential tool of journalism. And so the Obama administration considered charging Julian Assange, but decided they had what is called the New York Times problem, because there's no distinction between what WikiLeaks did and what the New York Times, Der Spiegel, Le Monde, El Pais, and The Guardian did as well. They all published articles based on documents that WikiLeaks revealed. And Charlie Savage wrote in the New York Times that uh, the Obama administration couldn't distinguish between what WikiLeaks did and what organizations like the New York Times do in soliciting and publishing information that they, they obtain that the government wants to keep secret. So why did Donald Trump file 
a, an indictment against Julian Assange. Well, as Obama, well, first of all, I should say, if, if people, listeners don't know, that Julian Assange and WikiLeaks published information that was leaked to them by Chelsea Manning. And uh, she was prosecuted and was serving a 35-year sentence. As Obama was leaving office, he commuted her sentence to the seven years she had already served. And uh, when Trump found out about that, he was furious because, of course, he uh, hates all things Obama. And so Trump is making him into a poster boy for his war on the press. He calls the enemy of the people. So that's why the Trump administration is prosecuting when the Obama administration decided not to. Okay, one question. Why have I read op-eds in like New York Times and Washington Post in support of the prosecution of Julian Assange if it's so chilling? Like what's going on there? Well, you may have noticed that there has been almost a complete blackout in the corporate media in mm-hmm. support of Julian Assange, even though this prosecution is a threat to journalism everywhere. If he is tried and convicted for these charges under the Espionage Act, it will chill journalists from, from reporting information about national security issues with classified information. And it wasn't until Tuesday, which was yesterday, that an op-ed appeared in the New York Times by Laura Poitras. And the title of her op-ed in the print edition says, journalism is not a crime. And in the online edition, it was something like, um, uh, I have violated the Espionage Act. But- Oh my God. Yeah, no, she is, she actually talks about why Julian Assange should not be charged and why uh, his indictment should be dismissed. And in fact, his name is now in the national, in the corporate media. A lot of us in the alternative media, non-traditional media, have been talking about Julian Assange's case for a long time because of its very, very severe ramifications for journalism in the future. But there has been this almost total blackout in the corporate media. But now that Donald Trump is handing out pardons like candy, this has become an issue because Donald Trump just pardoned four Blackwater mercenaries who were jailed for massacring more than a dozen Iraqi civilians, including two children in Baghdad in 2007. And yet... He has not pardoned Julian Assange or dismissed the indictment, I should say, against Julian Assange, whose only offense, um, which was not a crime, was revealing evidence of war crimes, of the war crimes that U.S. service members in Iraq were committing. Now, there has been um, an outcry uh, in, in favor of pardoning Julian Assange most recently from Niles Melser, who is the special UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, who said that Julian Assange is suffering from psychological torture from the years that he spent in the Ecuadorian embassy. And since then, where he's been for over a year being held in a high security prison in London, he's been, been convicted of no crime. And he is at high risk Um, because of his pulmonary condition for contracting the coronavirus, which is spreading like wildfire through Belmarsh Prison, where he's being held. So Niles Melser is also calling for the release of Julian Assange. 
what I noticed, at least with earlier this year, is that a lot of the corporate media covered like in inane details, like, oh my God, the computer's not working at the hearing instead of like actual uh, substance of the hearings. Another question, I want to kind of get this cleared up because there has been so much propaganda on this. Ever since the 2016 elections, a lot of the establishment Democrats have been irrationally blaming WikiLeaks for the alleged loss. And so is there like what are the worst rumors and that you would like to dispel on that issue? Well, yes, um, WikiLeaks did publish information about the emails from the Democratic National Committee, which was working behind the scenes to edge out Bernie Sanders and make sure Hillary Clinton got the nomination. And so they have been blamed, WikiLeaks has been blamed for Hillary Clinton's loss, but it wasn't WikiLeaks um, who originally made the original Freedom of Information Act request to get those emails. It was another public interest group. And yet that's why some liberals have turned against Julian Assange because of their perception that uh, that his revelations, that WikiLeaks revelations hurt Hillary Clinton. But they are missing the forest for the trees, which is that Julian Assange's prosecution is a monumental threat to the First Amendment and to journalism and people who criticize or publish information critical of the U.S. government, uh, which I'm sorry to say uh, will commit many war crimes in the future, just as it has in the past. And during the Bush administration, innumerable war crimes in Iraq, in Afghanistan, uh, at Guantanamo, at the CIA black sites. And yet uh, no one has been held accountable because Obama decided he wanted to look forward, not backward. Oh God. Uh, and uh, Biden is making similar statements um, now about Donald Trump, uh, you know, looking forward, not backward. And that's very dangerous because it says to future administrations, you can commit war crimes, you can commit major crimes with no accountability. It leads to impunity and means that there is no accountability at all for these most heinous of crimes committed by U.S. leaders. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know if there is any accountability now. So, Is the Espionage Act a capital offense? The Espionage Act is a capital offense, but the U.S. government has decided not to charge Julian Assange with the death penalty. And then probably the reason is that that the U.K. would not extradite him to the U.S. if he was facing the death penalty because the U.K. does not have the death penalty. And that is in U.K. law. They would not extradite someone to a Uh, to a country where he could receive the death penalty. But um, we still have the Convention Against Torture. And the Convention Against Torture, which is a treaty the U.S. has ratified, making it part of U.S. law, has a provision in it called non-refoulement. And that forbids extradition to a country where there are substantial grounds to believe a person would be in danger of being tortured. Chelsea Manning was held in solitary confinement for 11 months. That constitutes torture. She was uh, made to sleep naked and stand for inspection with no clothes. And at Julian Assange's uh, three-week extradition hearing, there was extensive testimony from prison experts in the United States who said that if Julian Assange were to be extradited to the United States, he would be housed in a 
super max prison oh my God. where he would be in solitary confinement and he would probably not have full access to his lawyers. It would be very hard for him to get a fair trial because the charges have been brought in Virginia at the most right-wing federal court um, where a lot of the so-called war on terror cases were brought. And he is also, there was expert testimony at the uh, extradition hearing that he is a suicide risk. Um, So both physically and mentally, he should not be sent to the United States. And in fact, his extradition is forbidden by the Convention Against Torture. Now, his extradition is also forbidden um, because it he would be extradited for a political offense. The extradition would take place pursuant to a treaty between the United States and the UK, which forbids extradition for a political offense. And the treaty doesn't define political offense, but it generally includes espionage, treason, sedition, and crimes against state power. And Trump is asking the UK to extradite Assange for exposing war crimes, a classic political offense. And Assange is charged under the Espionage Act, and espionage is a political offense as well. So there are a number of grounds which would forbid his extradition. But the judge, Baratzer, has granted extradition in 97% of the cases that have come before her. And she actually tipped her hand when Julian Assange's lawyers were asking for him to be released because of the coronavirus. And she said he is at high risk of being extradited, kind of prejudging the case. Now, on January 4th, she will make a ruling. And if she grants Trump's extradition motion, that doesn't end it. There will be several levels of appeal in the UK courts and eventually an appeal to the European Court of Human Rights. Meanwhile, Julian Assange is languishing in prison in very, very deteriorating psychological and physical health, and he should be released immediately. After you've written your letters of support and contributed to the Assange Legal Defense, please also go check out more of our podcasts and newsletters on Substack. There you'll get analysis and historical context of some of the crimes WikiLeaks has exposed along with other original research and interviews with scholars and journalists on every dirty war waged. Please go to historically.substack.com and support us with your subscription. That's historically.substack.com. So if the current president hypothetically pardon Assange before he leaves office, can the future president Biden bring those charges back or is it a one-time thing? Well, Trump actually has brought an indictment. So what he would do is not pardon him because that implies that he's guilty of something, but rather dismiss the indictment. Joe Biden could reinstate the indictment unless it were what we call dismissed with prejudice. It's very unlikely that Biden would swear out a new indictment against Julian Assange because he seems to pattern a lot of his moves after Obama and and during the Obama administration, they refrained from prosecuting Julian Assange. So hopefully if Trump doesn't dismiss the indictment or quote, pardon, unquote, Julian Assange, Biden will. Uh, And there are appeals already in the works, my understanding to Biden and to Trump as well to get one or both of them to either drop the charges and or pardon Julian Assange. As for just the entity of WikiLeaks, I know Assange was the main face of it, But 
will we still have leaks from people who see wrongdoings from government and, or businesses? Or what is going to happen to WikiLeaks, I guess? Well, Julian Assange founded WikiLeaks during the Bush administration's so-called war on terror, which we know was used as a pretext to start two illegal wars and carry out a widespread program of torture and abuse. And in 2011, Julian Assange was at a Stop the War Coalition rally in London's Trafalgar Square. And he said, if wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. And that is really what he and WikiLeaks have done. Now, will there be war crimes committed in the future? Yes. Will there be courageous whistleblowers and journalists who, who reveal evidence of those war crimes? Yes. Will they be charged under the Espionage Act? Hopefully not. And that's why Julian Assange's case is such a pivotal case to journalism and the revelation of war crimes now and in the future. On top of war crimes, the diplomatic cables revealed so many just illegal dealings and self-dealings and um, just illegal behavior by the government. Is there a specific leak that is it all based on the Iraq leaks or is there like a specific leak, a leak that they're using to charge the Espionage Act? No, they all of these things that were leaked from 2010 and 2011, the Iraq war logs, the Afghan war logs, the Guantanamo files, the collateral murder video, the State Department cables, all of those are what he is being indicted for revealing. Uh, that WikiLeaks revealed. Um, and, and keep that in mind. We're talking about 2010 and 2011. We're not talking about 2016 and the DNC emails. That is not what he's being charged with. <laughs> um, he is being charged with WikiLeaks revealing war crimes in 2010 and 2011 based upon documents that were provided to WikiLeaks by Chelsea Manning, a very courageous wish whistleblower. And, you know, another person who has called for the release, pardoning, dropping of the indictment against Julian Assange is Edward Snowden. Julian Assange helped Edward Snowden, but not only that, Edward Snowden, who is now um, a lawful permanent resident in Russia, he's there under a grant of asylum, said, if Trump is going to pardon anyone, it should be Julian Assange. We've had Senator Mike Gravel on to talk about the Pentagon Papers and what we realized, like while the government played really dirty, that they looked at his, they stalked him with his psychiatric records, all sorts of things. It seems like WikiLeaks, they're using it as an opportunity to enshrine the national security state. So I guess that is one of the reasons to not charge him. What can U.S. citizens do to like put pressure on their government if, to the extent that it is possible to even pressure the government? You mean to release Julian Assange? Yes. Yes. Um, well, it's first of all, it's really important to educate the people about what's happening and that what Julian Assange is be, is imprisoned for and has been indicted for and uh, may be extradited for is the revelation of war crimes. And that's really important because we lose sight of that um, with these tangents about Sweden, those charges that were never charges that were, you know, Smirching his reputation and the the uh, emails, the Hillary Clinton DNC emails, um, but people lose sight, and and the even the alternative media that covers the Assange case loses sight. Um, yes, I noticed that. 
yeah, of, of what he is being charged with. And so I think that I, I was very happy to see Laura Poitras's op-ed in the New York Times because it really brings it to light. And also these, it, it has been brought to light with the pardons of these uh, mercenaries in Iraq who killed, you know, the, the U.S. mercenaries who killed Iraqi civilians and Julian Assange, who didn't kill anybody but revealed evidence of war crimes, um, is now facing 175 years. And so it's really important, A, for people to be educated about what really is at stake here, which is revealing war crimes and the future of journalism. And also, they can be mobilized, and there certainly is a big push to mobilize um, support for Julian Assange. And that means pressuring the White House. And, you know, I think a good appeal for Don, to Donald Trump is, look, you know, come at it from the other angle and say, look, what Julian Assange did um, was to hurt Hillary Clinton and you hated Hillary Clinton. So why don't you pardon him? Um, I think that's been tried. I don't know if it's actually gone anywhere. But then if Trump leaves office, that's a big if, if he ever leaves office, and Biden actually does assume office, which I assume will happen, um, then the push, and, and if Trump has not pardoned Julian Assange or dropped the indictment against him, then the push is to appeal to Biden by saying, and you know, pressuring the White House and saying, look, um, Obama didn't prosecute him for all these good reasons because he didn't want to criminalize journalism. You shouldn't either. You should drop the charges. Your, your Department of Justice should drop the charges against Julian Assange and release him. So what is the accuracy rate of WikiLeaks? What, what do you mean the accuracy It's rate? never been wrong, right? No, no. WikiLeaks, no. WikiLeaks has truthfully published, everything it has published has been verified as truthful. It is not publishing fa- fake news, false news, alternative facts, um, which Unlike are, the New York Times or the Washington Post, which we can't say. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so pub- for publishing the unvarnished truth, which uh, tears away the veil of, you know, the great U.S. leader in the world uh, fighting for freedom and democracy for all, they really have torn away that veil and uh, and exposed these horrific war crimes committed by U.S. forces during the Bush administration. And there uh, also were war crimes committed during the Obama administration, um, not the extent of torture as during the Bush administration, but uh, prisoners at Guantanamo were force fed and uh, when, who, when they were on hunger strike because they, they were hopeless and that's the only power they had was to stop eating. And uh, the Obama administration oversaw a program of force feeding and it's extremely painful force feeding these prisoners, which also amounts to torture. Yes. Um, and let's not forget that some of the diplomats from the Obama administration have also done war crimes, like what they did in Bolivia in 2009 when they um, funded. A, uh, it was revealed in the diplomatic cables. But yes. And it seems like we've found out about coup attempts in Belarus. I found through the diplomatic cables. And so actually, for a lot of the work here, we actually just like often go to WikiLeaks. And so I know a lot of the progressive media have dropped the ball. So is there anything else you'd like to cover that I have not asked you or you'd like to talk about? Um, Well, I think we have covered it. I, I really urge people to 
look at, I've actually written some articles about this. Other people have as well, marjoriecone.com and just put Assange in the search box and you'll find uh, history and, and exactly what Julian Assange leaked. But once you educate yourselves about this case, then do whatever you can to help get him released. And uh, Assange Defense is a national organization that I'm associated with, and a lot of people uh, are working to get his release. You can go to Assange Defense website, and uh, Assange Defense did a, a masterful job of covering the testimony during his extradition hearing, and you might want to look and read some of the testimony. It's very compelling by experts talking about the threat to journalism, talking about the war crimes, talking about the torture that he would face, talking about um, his the psychological torture that he has undergone and, uh, and that he could not get a fair trial if he were sent to the United States. So don't take my word for it, but do the research and then do what you can um, to pressure our government to uh, drop these charges. And that means you can actually do something right now. This op-ed by Laura Poitras was in the New York Times, I believe, yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And so you can write a letter to the editor of the New York Times. Just keep it under 150, 200 words and peg it to that op-ed. And if your op-ed doesn't get published, other letters from that same perspective will be published because they count up the number of letters from a specific point of view. And you know that people in power, uh, not Donald Trump, I don't think he reads anything except <laughs> he read Mein Kampf for many years. It was sitting by oh, his God. bedside. But, um, but uh, I don't know that he really reads, but people around him presumably read. And uh, I think that that is, is very important. And certainly Joe Biden reads and he's coming into office, hopefully uh, soon. So um, writing a letter to the editor of the New York Times or even other newspapers as well, but that's a golden opportunity now that Laura Poitras wrote that op-ed to respond to that um, could have a, a real concrete effect, even if your letter isn't published, to help other letters in support of Julian Assange get published. Our podcast kind of owes our existence a little bit to Julian Assange. So we did an article about Chagos and we found everything from WikiLeaks. Last year, Assange just looked at it. It was last February of 2019. And he said, this article is based on sources about Chagos exclusively from WikiLeaks. Check it out. And so we got about 50 new subscribers that day. So we're very grateful for that, of course. And WikiLeaks' contribution to humanity is just too much to list. So if Britain decides not to extradite him, like what's going to happen then? He would be released. Okay. And then would he be free to go home to Australia or wherever home is, or will he be stuck in London? Well, if there are no charges pending against him, then uh, he would be free to go. Okay. So can the prosecution in England appeal if they reject the extradition? Well, it's really the the Trump administration that is requesting extradition, and so if they lose, um, I, you mean if if she denies extradition? Yes, I think that's the end of it. I don't know that Trump could actually appeal that decision. I I could be wrong about that, but certainly if he loses and uh, she grants extradition, then Julian Assange has 
appeals at several levels in the UK and then eventually, as I said, in the European Court of Human Rights. Oh, oh, okay. So then and only then will there be an extradition. So sometimes the litigation itself is a kind of an harassment, in my opinion, because it's going to take so long to you think there's like a, a, a way, to, uh, like an idea to silence somebody temporarily or as much as you can just through litigation? Well, of course. And this would this would probably be a multi-year process if Julian Assange loses on January 4th and appeals through the levels of appeal in the UK and the European Court of Human Rights. It could take quite a while. Meanwhile, he is languishing in prison in very serious psychological and, and uh, physical health. So he is being punished now um, for nothing, really, other than Trump's vendetta and the U.S. government's uh, abhorrence of revelations of war crimes that they've committed. Um, and uh, so, yes, I think that his incarceration is uh, having that effect. That's really sad to see. And so you recommend we go to defendassange.com and your website, marjoriecone.com, right? Yes, it's it's AssangeDefense.com. Oh, sorry. Okay, we'll put that on the description, a link description below. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Music for this show is done by Rectex. You can find him on SoundCloud and on Spotify. W-R-E-C-K-T-E-C-H. And thank you for listening to our show.